0: Hello and welcome to Aerospace Unplugged. It's your behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. Now, as the world begins to establish a little bit more normalcy, a lot of people are packing their bags and pressing play on an otherwise paused travel itinerary. And as these trips start to take flight, more and more planes are finding themselves checking off maintenance plans and reevaluating their 2021 maintenance strategy. Now, joining me today to discuss the top things operators need to consider for their aircraft costs in 2021 is Honeywell's Senior Director of Aftermarket Sales, Paul David. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today, and before we get started, tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in aerospace.
1: Yeah, hey, thanks, Adam. I uh, appreciate uh, t- being able to join you today. I've uh, been in the business uh, now for about 36 years, primarily starting off in the uh, commercial air transport uh, area. And um, probably in the last, I'd say, uh, eight years spent in uh, business aviation, so kind of got uh, my feet wet uh, right out of um, uh, college, University of Georgia, and uh, started uh, back with uh, Honeywell at that time, Allied Signal, and uh, selling nuts, bolts, and screws, and O-rings, and and, uh, pretty much consumable product. And pretty much worked my way up into the repair and overhaul world, and selling services, and managing um, teams, and and from there uh, now back in business aviation, selling maintenance service plans.
0: Awesome. Well, thirty six years, of course, is is very impressive, and I'm sure a few more to go. Um, now, before we get deep into the details here, talk to me a little bit about what operators are experiencing, just in terms of flight hours and operations shifting from twenty twenty now into 2021? are you? And what are you seeing from a maintenance perspective there? More maintenance?
1: Yeah, actually, it's a great question. And, you know, flight hours are starting to uh, return, obviously, more domestically than internationally speaking. So uh, flight departments are planning, right? They're kind of in that uh, planning stage. A lot of flight departments have uh, certainly cut back over the past year, and a lot of them have grounded and basically are not flying. So really, it's an um, uh, incredibly important topic here to look at, uh, you know, how do I get back and, and start operating in the new world uh, as it starts to um, uh, reopen? And so here, that's really the question of the day.
0: Okay, now with, with this outlook, what would you say are the, are the top costs that operators need to consider going into 2021? And does the pandemic play into these extra or overlooked costs?
1: Yeah, again, uh, this is a very timely uh, question. And uh, first and foremost, uh, our operators have had, um, obviously have had some level of overall business disruption and financial impact over uh, the past year. So I'd say laser focus on cost associated with their business and flight uh, departments at a premium. And with that said, um, you know, based on the recovery, obviously, the first question is, is what are the conditions for me to restart my flight operations? You know what? And, and then also, what is the impact of my existing maintenance operations, my budgets, uh, my prior flight plans, my prior uh, flight hours? What is going to be the new normal in terms of uh, safely operating again as the world starts to reopen? So all of these things, uh, I would say, and I'd characterize these as kind of that data analysis and scenario planning phase. And then uh, really uh, the next thing to consider here is about planning, Uh, you know, based on the best scenario for my operations. uh, The further advanced planning, the better. You know, obviously we've had a significant cutback in supply chains. Supply chains have, uh, a lot of them have gone out of business. A lot of companies have gone out of business or working less shifts. And, uh, and so they're making adjustments as the countries um, and the world starts to recover from this pandemic. And just in and of itself, um, that it's, uh, could cause an unforeseen disruption if you're not considering that in your plans. If the unexpected happens, if you have uh, an unscheduled maintenance event that happens, this could be uh, catastrophic if you don't have plans in place. Our uh, no shops are already at capacity uh, in general, and scheduling uh, pre-buy inspections on aircraft. We've had a tremendous amount of people uh, transitioning from commercial into uh, business aviation because the commercial um, airlines have basically cut back a lot of flights, a lot of uh, city pairs going into people's uh, second home areas. And so now that we've had an increase in private aviation and new aircraft uh, ownership. So a lot of these pre-buy inspections are actually out in April and May timeframe now. And again, so really it, it boils down to doing planning. And third, the big question is, is where I'm most exposed in terms of cost. And again, you have to consider half of the variable cost associated with operating an aircraft comes from maintenance-related expenses, and therefore that should be really a key focus of concern here. And the answer to that is budgeting and forecasting; those are two critical elements.
0: Now, are there any maintenance costs that are commonly overlooked during this planning process?
1: You know, that's uh, that's absolutely uh, spot on. And uh, the worst thing for any airplane is for it to sit and not fly, right? So the pandemic had. Again, a lot of operators that have been grounded, not flying, inactivity. So all of those types of issues can create uh, unexpected maintenance, part failures when you're starting to resume flight. And again, the unexpected um, occurs. So it really is about looking at your required maintenance. It's looking at, um, you know, your hangar capacity, uh, access to labor. All of these factors, you know, may have changed in the past year. So early planning, as far as you can get, will will really uh, help to reduce the panic attacks and and disruptions downstream once you're up and running.
0: Can you talk a little bit about outsourcing maintenance and why that's recommended when it comes to staying on top of all these costs?
1: So it really depends a lot on the aircraft owner or principal's philosophy on cost. Industry studies and sources such as Van Allen uh, Company say the majority of business aircraft owners opt for service programs primarily to absolutely understand and establish a fixed budget on an otherwise variable cost scenario. That's critical. So along with predictability is ensuring latest configuration standards are met, which certainly helps reliability of the aircraft, uh, as well as uh, the fact that it, it props up the depreciation value of an aircraft. The market prefers to have an OEM pedigree based pre prefer- owned aircraft under OEM programs from a valuation and sellability standpoint. When you're looking at an aircraft that's uh, for sale versus one that doesn't have the programs, the ones that do have the programs are widely advantaged here. And here at Honeywell, we are able to offer the OEM service programs, uh, you know, obviously backed and supported by the OEM experts, the people that actually designed the product. And you have access to that uh, that, you know, really helps you to ensure flying safely and starting your operations back up and running at the highest level of performance that you can get.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about what programs Honeywell has to help operators keep those costs low when their aircraft up in the air.
1: Yeah, great segue for sure. And, and again, you know, Honeywell, we offer a variety of maintenance service plans to really help minimize the spikes in maintenance budgets and unpredictability of uh, unscheduled events. Most people are very familiar with our maintenance service plans on engines. So our Honeywell-powered aircraft uh, engines, our auxiliary power units. Uh, We have maintenance service programs for the cockpit that includes avionics. Within that avionics portfolio of service offerings, we include third-party offerings uh, from Universal, Uh, from L3, uh, from Viasat, et cetera, to really kind of look at uh, more of a one-stop service offering, again, to reduce effort on the customer's part to have these components covered and completely covered in the cockpit. And then we also offer maintenance service plans on mechanical components. These would be everything that's kind of outside that engine system parameter, things that are associated with the environmental control system products, Main engine starters, pneumatic valves. We have uh, programs that cover those types of products as well.
0: Okay, can can you think of uh, of an example or a time where a customer's service plan, you know, really saved them in a in a critical situation?
1: Yeah, Adam, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's funny you say that because last, just last year we had uh, a Honeywell powered aircraft um, that was flying down to the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, which had a uh, higher than normal ITT. Experience during the final leg. And because of the customer and the fact that he was on MSP Gold, we were able to immediately deploy a road team to the aircraft. We were able to make the repairs on site And we were able to clear the aircraft back, return to service, and um, get the uh, customer back flying again. This event would have been very costly, if you think about it, uh, from an operator exposure, trying to hunt around, trying to find an FBO, trying to find maintenance, trying to find a part, trying to find a technician to troubleshoot the aircraft, et cetera. But because they had this gold coverage under MSP, this unscheduled event cost uh, basically was mitigated, and and really helped them to maintain their original flight plans. We got testimonials back from the customer uh, expressing that uh, that he basically avoided having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, having to make uh, you know schedule changes, having to bring another aircraft down, um, and all the log- logistics associated with being a delay to his next uh, uh, meeting in the state so this uh, was a great uh, testimonial for
0: us now that that's a great example um i wanted to ask you too what other sort of savings then can flight departments see with programs like msp
1: if you think about uh, if you, you know not having a program right uh, you're kind of dependent upon uh, time and material cost based transactional events and a lot of times in those cost-based events, you're you're kind of exposed to uh, to annual increases in material and labor. And that's a that's kind of an uncapped liability, right? So anytime that you've got kind of a retail time and material event, you know, expect those to go up pretty significantly year over year. And what the MSP program does is it locks in an hourly rate for a, a three, five, 10, 10 year type of contract, depending on the customer's preference. And so that, that helps to protect a customer from that uncapped liability of escalation. And, um, and it also helps just for an administrative cost and the administrative labor associated with trying to manage a time and material event where you've got multiple invoices, where you've got uh, multiple payments, where you've got these daily and, you know, that you're having to manage as opposed to uh, an agreement or a service plan that you would only have to pay once a month based on the flight hours that you fly. Or in some cases, just you pay on an annual base uh, uh, agreement. So it really is uh, these costs can, can really get out of control and, uh, and simply having a contract and being able to have um, just one number to call an AOG When an AOG happens, um, you don't have to worry about that part being there. You don't have to plan for that part not being here. And, you know, you've got kind of that peace of mind, if you will, that you know you're going to get the part on time and installed and back flying.
0: Paul, I know Honeywell has something new when it comes to uh, nacelle coverage specifically. Can you talk about how that could save some money with issues beyond just repair?
1: Yeah, great, Adam. Thanks. Uh, certainly for our HTF powered uh, aircraft that, um, you know, primarily for the super midsize class Challenger 300, 350s, the Gulfstream G280s, Legacy 450s and 500 and Praters. All of those HTF uh, powered aircraft, really, we're responsible for the entire engine and system related uh, components that includes the nacelle equipment. What's new about this is historically we've just covered the engine from a maintenance service perspective when we just now have added coverage for the entire nacelle uh, system. So you've got, you know, a more comprehensive um, coverage plan now for your entire engine and the cell system. So this, this really adds a lot of, uh, again, ability to help with predictable costs and budgeting, really trying to enhance the value of the aircraft itself. It includes corrosion treatment and or depending on the program that you select, it could uh, also provide scrap part replacement. A lot of times what this will do is if you're marketing the aircraft, this will eliminate a pre-buy inspection squawk. If uh, in that pre-buy you uh, notice corrosion, basically the program covers that and that issue is mitigated such that it does not impact the sale of the aircraft. So it's a new service that we've got and a terrific one for uh, HTF operators.
0: Sounds like it would provide um, a lot of peace of mind to those operators.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, Let's talk uh, private owners for a little bit here. So, you know, if you don't have um, a whole fleet, you're just flying one plane. Um, How can MSP uh, benefit those with just a single aircraft versus a fleet?
1: Having a maintenance program uh, really does provide that predictability. And especially, you know, if you're just a one man show, you know, you may be the pilot, you may be the director of maintenance, you may be the contract and the administrator. And uh, and so you got a lot of hats to wear. And uh, and so, you know, really. Uh, you've got a huge amount of responsibilities in, in conducting, you know, your routine and, and uh, pre and post flight uh, inspections to make sure the aircraft's ready. And, uh, and additionally, kind of keeping track of all the recommended uh, mandatory service bulletins and ADs and, and things that need to be complied with. And uh, and your aircraft basically needs to be ready to fly when uh, when you want it to uh, to fly. And again, that uh, having a maintenance service plan eliminates a lot of that uncertainty and avoids a lot of that unscheduled uh, event scenario to make it a heck of a lot easier to, to manage, especially when you're talking about if you've got um, flight plan uh, disruptions, crews, hangars, hotels, logistics, it's a domino effect when you have an unscheduled uh, event, right? And so really being able to manage that unscheduled event as well as the scheduled event stuff is, is critical. You wanna basically uh, have that peace of mind to know that your aircraft's ready to take off very in a very safe and, and effective manner and uh, get you from point A to point B in a very dependable way. So those maintenance programs really benefit, um, you know not only the corporate fleet guy from a, a predictable budget standpoint, but just the logistics itself, um, the maintenance programs that we offer uh, really help, uh, again, provide that peace of mind.
0: Yeah, are there any specific differences in the types of plans you would offer um, an individual versus a fleet?
1: I'd say th- there really isn't a whole lot uh, of difference. You know, obviously, the, uh, some of the corporate fleet guys may fly a little bit uh, higher uh, flight hours on a monthly basis. They could have a little bit more exposure on maintenance from that standpoint. But, you know, we cover the single operator just as we do the fleet guy.
0: Okay, great. I know uh, one thing Honeywell offers is consigned inventory management. Talk a little bit about um, what that is and why it would be beneficial if you're flying only in limited service areas.
1: We do have, uh, as part of our Honeywell avionics product service offering, we do uh, provide what we call this uh, consigned inventory management uh, option. And this really benefits uh, those operators that are fly- flying in some pretty remote uh, uh, areas and uh, where you've got limited access to logistics, maintenance, uh, etc. And uh, this program, a lot of companies opt for this, um, this type of coverage to be able to, to establish a flyaway kit that uh, parts that are, you know, may experience a little bit lower reliability part that you want to carry in the, in the belly of the aircraft and, and have access to uh, in the event that you're in some of these remote uh, access areas. We actually had a, a customer that, uh, that signed up to this service and they were in a situation in um, North Africa and flying and they had a, an event. And uh, they had the uh, parts already in the aircraft, uh, they were able to get uh, uh, at an FBO, they were able to get the maintenance folks over to the aircraft, have the part, didn't have to worry about any of the customs issues, any of the the aspects of waiting on a part to come in and having a maintenance crew waiting around. They were able to quickly change the part out and get back operating again. They basically had indicated that it saved them over $125,000 in downtime and, uh, and schedule and rescheduling costs. So... So really, if you think about it, <laughs> just having a um, a program coverage in that scenario is worth its weight in gold.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I would imagine there's still a benefit as well, even if you don't fly in limited service areas.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just again, just having that quick access as soon as the aircraft has that fault and having that part right there, ready to go. Uh, that's what it's all about. It really just enables that quick turnaround time and return to service. Okay.
0: Let's shift gears just a little bit. Um, all aircraft get old, as you know. Um, how, how does obsolescence play into maintenance, and and can owners and operators still receive maintenance even if they have an obsolete display or an obsolete part?
1: Yeah, great, uh, great question there. Uh, obsolescence is uh, certainly a, a huge issue with um, you know with our industry, and uh, especially around uh, display units and uh, electronics in general. So uh, being able to offer programs that, uh, depending on where you're at in the life cycle of ownership of an aircraft, uh, is critical. And being able to um, provide services to various segments of the market kind of creates that flexibility aspect of uh, what our programs are all about. In a lot of cases, um, you know, customers may not plan to own the aircraft for beyond three, five, seven years and aren't willing to make the investment in upgrading their cockpit to the latest configuration. And, And so they run into this obsolescence issues. So what we've done is we put up as part of our avionics maintenance service plan. We do offer what we call extended coverage on a multiple of components that either are obsolete or are going obsolete to provide that operator coverage that does not want to completely upgrade his cockpit, but he's got to continue to fly and he's got to continue to have a display unit. And if that display unit is not the older configuration is not able to get reworked, uh, what we're able to do in this extended program is provide him a new configuration display unit in place of the uh, the one that's failed and uh, get them off and running and uh, without having the need to uh, completely upgrade his cockpit. So it, it just, again, it's a different customer segment, but a, a segment that uh, wants to continue to operate their older platforms and uh, yet don't want to make that complete investment based on the whole value of that platform to do uh, extensive modification.
0: Paul, is there anything else you think owners and operators or, or even flight departments should look out for in terms of maintenance plannings and maintenance costs, anything we haven't covered?
1: Yeah, I'd say now's the right time to do it, right? There's no better time, you know, especially while your aircraft, the industry is starting to come back to life. You know, now's a great time to kind of relook at your maintenance philosophy and how you're doing maintenance and, and whether or not a program is is right for you. And again, 75 to 80 percent of all operators opt for programs. And so there's gotta be a reason why. It's the predictability aspects of it. It's, it's the OEM quality repairs. It's, it's all about reducing your AOG time. It's continuing to uh, keep your aircraft operational anytime your principal or the aircraft owner needs access to that aircraft. If that, if that aircraft is not ready to go, that's an AOG. And that causes just a complete domino effect of issues that director of maintenance has to deal with. So, really, if I can leave the audience with just a couple of things, you know, maintenance programs certainly are not for everybody. You have uh, principals out there that have a different philosophy on cost, and uh, some people expense, um, you know, consider their engines a capital expense, and therefore already have uh, kind of a plan and budget relative to that capital expense and depreciation of that asset. Whereas when you do have that unscheduled event that occurs, and it's not a matter of if it occurs, but it's really a matter of when it's going to occur, because it will occur, is uh, making sure that um, you don't have to go back to the principal or you don't have to go back to your CFO and ask for funds. That's not budgeted. And it is a P&L hit. So really that peace of mind, the predictability aspects of managing costs, and taking that uncertainty out on an otherwise that variable cost is really what I would do if I owned an aircraft.
0: Yeah no that that makes perfect sense you know and you, we talked about it early on just planning 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 <clears throat> and of course the maintenance service plans help you do exactly that. Exactly. So um, you're not off the hook quite yet of course we call this podcast Aerospace Unplugged so tell me how do you <laughs> unplug at unplug. the end of the
1: day? Uh, so I don't know that I do. <laughs> you know I, I
0: <laughs> all right. Well when you try to unplug, how do you try yeah, to do No,
1: I, I really love this business and uh and I think it's it's really the people in the business that, you know, makes it so enjoyable for me. But when I do unplug, I do like uh the outdoors, I do like uh golf, you know, I do like uh going and renting on my uh project cars in the garage and uh and doing that sort of thing. So um so I'm well aware of a, of a car that sits and not, doesn't get operated. What happens? So, <laughs> yeah, believe me, I have to crawl underneath it all the time. But uh, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much how I relax. Yep,
0: you're you're a one man maintenance <laughs> service plane that's for your it. garage that's project. Yep. Right? <laughs> Perfect. Well, Paul, thank you so so much for joining us today. Uh, great conversation. And thank you all out there for listening to another episode of Aerospace Unplugged. If you're looking for more information on Honeywell's maintenance service plans just visit aerospace.honeywell.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening now. Thanks, everybody.